This episode of Run As Radio is sponsored by Azure Pipelines, Microsoft CI CD platform for any app, language, or cloud. Free for open source projects and integrated with GitHub CI Marketplace. Learn more by visiting azure.com slash pipelines. RunAsRadio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 602, Cloud and Development with guest John R. Woodmark, recorded Monday, August 27, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio, bringing back one of my favorites today, Johan R. Widmark, who is a consultant all-around geek specializing in enterprise Windows deployment solutions. He speaks at several conferences each year, including MMS and TechEd, when those existed, because they're all Ignite now. And he's also actively involved in deployment communities like DeploymentResearch.com and My IT Forum has been awarded the MVP, that's Microsoft Most Valuable Professional in Enterprise Client Management. Do they still have that title? They still have that, but the expertises are changing Almost, it feels like on a monthly basis. But yeah, yeah, I'm a config man, MVP, but they do call it enterprise mobility these days. Fancy names. Well, there's sort of this de-emphasis on Windows, it seems, these days. And in fact, I got to read this comment about... I recently did a show at the beginning of August with Susan Bradley talking about the problems with Windows Update. I don't know if you ran into any of this, especially in July. Oh, yeah. Every single week. Oh, <laughs> man. And so, of course, the tone of the show was very much, a you know, rule number one, please make the update work. Like, don't break things. That would be good. But this also seems to be a tone of we should turn down the cadence of updates. Basically, every single organization I worked with for the past three years think that the cadence is too quick. It's too fast. So what most organizations are doing, I say like well over 90% of them, they actually skip a release. Right. They don't have the processes and, and manpower in place to do it twice a year. So here's a comment from a listener from that show. His name is Bevan Art. Bevan, I'm not going to throw you on the bus or anything here, but I love that you have a completely opposing opinion. He says, I don't think the answer to the pain of Windows 10 feature updates involves releasing them less often. The status quo for enterprise software used to be annual updates, sometimes even longer, such as 18 to 24 months. The fix for this pain wasn't to leave it even longer between releases, but to wind the cadence up to release every six weeks. Everyone said it was ridiculous, and it couldn't possibly work until it did. Releasing enterprise software into production used to be hard. It took a long time, it was risky, and our users hated it. But suddenly, one day, everything changed. By forcing ourselves to release things much more frequently... We software engineers found good ways to mitigate the risk and to make things work. And even better, our users only ever had to adapt to small changes with each release. And some companies have even gone substantially further. If I recall correctly, 
And the 2010 Flickr released a production on average every 20 minutes. I think it was actually 2009. Facebook doesn't disclose how often they release, but compare the Facebook of today to a screenshot from two or three years ago, and the differences are many. We shouldn't have two feature updates for Windows 10 each year. We should have 12 or 13 or 24 or 26. <laughs> feature updates should arrive automatically every few weeks, and from a reliability viewpoint, their installation should be a complete non-event for both users and sysadmins. Is it going to be very easy? No. But the only thing harder than delivering working software at all is doing so quickly, reliably, and predictably. I'm totally confident it can be done. Put it this way, Microsoft haven't yet figured out how to do it twice a year with quality. So until that happens, I don't see uh, quick releases being even remotely possible. Well, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Johan. But, you know, it, when you talk to the DevOps folks, they say that when you turn it way up, you just are forced into changing practices. I think it was Adrian Cockcroft of Netflix fame who said, figure out what hurts and do it so often it doesn't hurt anymore. That's correct, but you cannot really compare. It's basically apples and oranges because you're comparing either a single small application or a web service or a cloud yeah. service with a Windows operating system. I would be prepared to accept the idea that Windows is the exception to this idea. Yeah. I'm just curious because we've never gone there. I don't even know if we can go there. But it is in my head now since this show and these conversations that we have to get someone from the Windows Update team on the show and really dig into this. Obviously, it is a big talking point and a pain point. And the conversation needs to go on. I have just the man for you. Oh, you do? Oh, let's get there. I do. His name is Carlos Picotto. He uh, owns Windows Update. You should get him on the show. He's a good guy. That's the answer. So, Bevan, thank you so much for your comment. A Run As Radio mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Run As Radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or on any of the social media that we post to. I put every show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Google+. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, I'll send you a Run As Radio mug. And I'm pretty sure I sent you one, Johan, didn't I? You might have back in the years. I would not mind a new one, though. I'll get your address from you after we're done here today, and I will send you a shiny new one. They're my favorite mugs because they're enormous. Oh, nice. They're proper American, I need all the caffeine mugs. Yes. That's, that's what they're about. And they come in 11 colors, the Metro colors. Very cool. Very cool. Got to collect them all. And I figure the first person who actually gets 11 of different colors, I'll make like a gold one or something or a black one. Yeah, you should. You should. The even dozen. We have some fun with that. And not even I have one of those. So we had a little challenge with the Windows Update thing. Is this, so this stuff impacts deployment? Who would think? It does. And it does a lot. I can give you a few examples. So Sure. As you know, there are updates that are released on a monthly basis, and there are these big feature updates that are being released twice a year now. And these feature updates, they require you to retest every single hardware model that you have in your environment because the vendors are now shipping drivers tied to the specific version of Windows that you're using. And we've also seen a lot of application compatibility issues, an application that works great in one feature release of Windows 10 may not work in the second one. Right. And there have been some big quality issues also in the feature updates. For example, 1803, the current one, we had to stop. We had to completely stop deploying that for organizations 
because of issues with certificates. Oh, wow. They're finally now being fixed in August, but hey, 1803, wasn't that like April? And it's August now. No kidding. And now it's finally starting to get even deployable. That's not good. So you basically, many of your customers not pushed out 1803 at all. Oh, we have done a lot, tons of tons of builds with it. Right. But only for testing. Okay. We have seen so bad results from those tests. So, no, let's continue to do 1709 in production for now. We continue to evaluate 1803 as, as the months goes by and the fixes comes into it. But as of now, it hasn't been working correctly. Right. And so this is part of deployment research. Like you guys are sort of running labs of all of these new versions on our behalf. So we have a pretty big team. We are five config manager people that, I mean, we do maybe 25, 30 projects a year for customers. Wow. And as part of our sort of engagement, there is a lot of proof of concepts and tests. And we also have, each of us probably have three or four labs that we do additional testing in as well. Mm -hmm. So we have an entire data center at our disposal. That's pretty handy. Yeah, helps. But I think it's very challenging, especially the cadence that we're going at these days, for folks to to actually be able to do this testing themselves, that that setting up a lab and and using it routinely, it's just not a it's not a simple problem. No, but you have to. Yeah, there is no no other way. No way around it. You just got to do that. Or I can, nope. can't I just count on you, Johan? Won't you do this for me? Nope. You have to do <laughs> testing yourself. I will not have access to all your settings, your right. networking, your applications, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. I can only test to some extent. Yeah. In the same way as Microsoft can only test to some extent, you need to do that additional testing also. In the end, your environment is your environment. It's distinct, and you never really know until it's running in your environment. Yeah. Well, I guess that's fair, if unfortunate. Yeah, and, and by all means, if anybody listens to this, and you do these testing, and you find issues, please report them in so they get fixed. Right. I've seen so many customers, they are complaining about issues, and then I go, did you file a bug? They go, nope, did not. Wow. So. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but it's the best chance to actually get that problem fixed. Like, what are you doing at that point? Just sitting on your hands, hoping for the best, hoping somebody else files the report? Yeah, exactly. Hoping for somebody else, and that somebody else never does it either. Well. So that's why it takes four months to get something fixed. Well, and Microsoft prioritizes by the number of people piling on, too. So, you know, your vote counts. Yeah, but obviously they go for an yeah. impact. So the more people who actually complain about a given problem, the more likely that one's going to climb to the top of the stack and get fixed sooner. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. It's interesting dynamic. What's the right way to report that kind of configuration bug? Where do you go? The easiest way by far is to simply have an enterprise agreement with Microsoft. So right. when you do call support and file a case, you actually are already in the high priority queues. Mm -hmm. Sure, these agreements are not, they're not very cheap, but they are so good. But if you're working for an organization that has one of those things, I'm surprised how many people never take advantage of this. Like you have a bunch of support cases and if it's a bug, it costs you and the company exactly nothing and you automatically go to the top of the priority queue. Yeah. File it. File it. Yep. And if you don't have an enterprise agreement, what's is it user voice? Like, what do you use? No, you you have to pay for it. But yeah. Those support cases, they own a whole different priority list. Yeah. So user voice just doesn't punch it the same weight as a PSS filing. Well, it's still the support organization, but the enterprise agreements they come in on a higher layer. Right. Basically, you get help the same day if you file a normal case, right? 
you might get help next week. Well, and more to the point, if it's not a bug, they may have an explanation for you. I mean, my usual reaction I found with folks that have gone to PSS is they, when they come out the other side of it, they're like, wow, I wish I'd done that sooner. I would have saved myself so much time. And it's also nice to being able to hand over a problem to somebody else to work it for a while, right. and then you can continue with your other things. Mm-hmm. Not just bang your head on the keyboard the whole time. Yeah. So, Configuration Manager, I mean, it's life's been weird for Configuration Manager since Windows 10 really came along with the sort of two versions and the rapid iteration. How's that working these days? Well, they actually stepped up their game, and they are releasing three times a year now. Wow. So, they have been... Actually, and they have done a better job than, than Windows have. Hmm. The quality on the config money releases has been amazingly solid. Interesting. And I think one of the bigger reasons is they have a large set of tap customers that run also. So before it even goes to like the, the fast ring where you can opt in to get the updates, it's already been deployed to several million devices out there real world. You know, this is something that Susan Bradley brought up specifically, is that there isn't that group of experts, especially in the security space, for validating these Windows updates ahead of everyone else, just to catch those problems with people that are very skilled in dealing with them. And she was encouraging, yeah. like, light this back up again. Fast ring is already too late. But Config Manager team has. So they have a dedicated team within their organization that work with these customers hands-on right. to find stuff you know, early on and, and fix them. And then they have the fast and the slow ring after that. Mm -hmm. And so you just have this gradation of coming out. And the question is, can they do that for Windows? Because again, Windows in so many ways feels like the exception to this kind of scope of problem. Oh. Oh. How would you fix it? I don't know. More testing. <laughs> That's always the answer, isn't it? Yeah. The correct amount of testing is more one way or the other. But I mean, there were some updates that should not have been released at all. Really? Yeah. No fun. Like, you think about the .NET patches and... For example, that's a good one. That's one of them. Oops. When you break Exchange and SharePoint and SQL, that's kind of a hint. Yeah. <laughs> well, we found out which products inside of the Microsoft world are, have dependencies on .NET. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good side effect. Yeah. But I kind of knew that already. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I just worry about somebody who just rolled that out without even thinking. Yeah. You know, that's a bad day to have to revert all of those patches. Not, not an easy thing to do. All right, what's next? Well, I expect to be continuing to doing this for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I do not see Config Manager as a platform go away anytime soon. And by anytime soon, I mean the next decade or so. Because there's always that threat that Intune's supposed to take all of this over. Microsoft seems to be making moves like that way sometimes. They did, and they, even their marketing message were very much like that. They're changing that now, um, and you will hear a lot of that yeah. during Ignite, the upcoming Ignite, I should say. They're focusing to a more, they call it cloud-attached now. Right. Where they actually see the cloud services as something that you will attach onto on-premises solutions because they realize also that you cannot simply replace. There are 135 million devices being managed by Config Manager, 70,000 customers, large enterprises using it. Sure. You don't replace this platform like that overnight with something else. That's not how it works. Well, one would wonder if you'll replace it ever. Like It's easily decades when it's that kind of numbers. Yeah. And I mean, I think they're doing a smart thing, actually positioning cloud 
something that you add value on top of existing solutions instead of replacing. I mean, there are scenarios where it makes absolutely sense. We have been working with schools, education environments, right. where we actually did replace config manual cloud services. They, they didn't have any on-premise infrastructure or didn't want to have, I should say. Right. And for certain em- environments and scenarios, it makes perfect sense. But to say it will do that for everybody? Nope. Nah, all of those absolutisms are kind of a mistake. Yeah. And Johan, I need to interrupt you for one moment for this very important message. You've got Windows, Windows 7 and Windows 10. They're domain-joined and non-domain-joined. They're on-premises and always on the go. And it's your job to make them more secure. But stay calm. That's why you've got PolicyPack. PolicyPack increases your Windows security with your on-premises and roaming PCs. Remove local admin rights, manage all the security settings in your browsers in Java, and tame the Windows 10 start screen and taskbar. Got machines out in the field without the latest group policy settings? Then use Policy Pack Cloud or your own MDM service to deploy real group policy settings to those machines. Only with Policy Pack. Get your free trial today and learn a secret weapon that hundreds of administrators use to manage and secure their Windows 7 and 10 desktops, both on premises and out in the field. Head over to policypack.com to get started today. Policy Pack, securing your standards. And we're back. It's Richard Campbell, Run As Radio, talking to Johan Arwood, Mark, and digging into this sort of life of configuration manager never, ever going away, which I, I completely support. But it, do you see a style emerging now for your large organizations with how they're integrating cloud in that hybrid mode? Is there something that makes sense there? No, it's more like Microsoft is adding more features available to you. Right. That's the only thing that I think changes right now where you can select from which platform you would like to manage certain workloads. Right. So I see more services coming in. That's all. So are you seeing folks using Configuration Manager to configure things into Azure as well? Not so much, but Mm -hmm. you manage the same type of devices. And there is a lot more integration now. Right. For example, I've been spending my entire day, well, until you called me. Right. (laughs) Editing uh, a video about the cloud management gateway that one of the MVPs put together for us. And just being able to manage a client, no matter where it is in the world, can be on a Starbucks coffee, anywhere, but you can still manage it through Config Manager as if it were next to you. Interesting. Yeah. So is this something folks can download and take a look at? It's included in Config Manager. It was added back in 1610. But the latest version, 8.06, they actually made it a ton easier to set up and use. Nice. But we've been implementing this a lot. It replaces the whole internet-based client management technologies that require you to open ports inside your firewall and do all these weird things. Now it's just a service in Azure that you subscribe to. As well it should be. Yeah. And you're just paying for usage? Yeah. There are a ton of different fees, actually, but it's not that expensive. Right. It is not. Not the comparison of what you get. You get a way to make sure that, your, for example, your clients are updated no matter what, where they are in the world. Nice. No matter what type of connections I have to you, you can still manage them and work with them. You can even reboot them remotely if you like to. That's pretty rude, but you can. You can. You only have to fight through a third party or you know a customer's VPN connection once before you're suddenly like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a better way. Yes, that's a better way. Ah, I love it. That's such a great little insight to here's this tool that'll make your life so much easier. And it was originally developed externally and added to the product? No, no. It was the config management team that did it. Okay. 
Yeah. It just took them a while to, to figure out the best way to do it. Right. And, and rather yeah. than just the generic Azure management tools, which we can run on phones, I think this is specifically for ConfigMan. Well, technically, it's, a, it's an application resource in Azure. It's a proxy, you can right. think of it. So the clients out there, they talk to this Azure service, mm-hmm. and your config money site server also talks to this service. So it's like you're having an Azure service that relays the information in between. Sure. So there is never like a direct connection. It's always through this middleman. I'll include a link on the show notes to the docs for setting up the cloud management gateway, because this is not just click, click. There's a few steps here to getting this set up right. There is a few things to it. It's typically certificates that throw people out, but it's a, there's a few things you need to do in Azure also. Yeah, and you don't you want these certificates. You want this pipeline to be as secure as possible. You do not want black hats in here. That would be bad. That would, been, and it's also a requirement for the service, so yeah. you don't really have an option. No, and no, I appreciate that it's not optional because we, we want to make sure people do things right in this respect. Even bad things can happen if you don't. Oh, yeah, totally. No, no, I get that. It's very cool. Are there major new versions coming, or do you just see incremental updates to ConfigMan? You just don't see the, the Big Bang versions they used to be? No, no. They also fell into the servicing model, so they do these incremental updates three times a year. Nice. That being said, 18.06 was one of the most feature-rich releases ever. So that was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun stuff to play with. So still, you know, you do get these hits of sort of relearning. Well, it's, it's more like they add more things. And Config Manager team also have another branch they support. It's called a technical preview, right? which you can subscribe to. You're not allowed to run it in production for support, but you can run it in your lab. And they release new features every month for that platform. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, they seem to have really embraced that, oh, yeah. that DevOps mindset. And, and you're enjoying it. Yes. Like, as much as we were talking about Windows is going too fast, Config Man going this fast has worked well. Yes. Different platform. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe it's just not something that Windows can ultimately do, or maybe they just have to get better at it. Yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah. I'm just quickly looking through what came in 1806. What did you love here? Basically, speed of everything. That oh, was really? like, I, wow, it's faster. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But there are a ton of features that are really useful in that platform. Windows Low Extra Delay Background Transport. Boy, they really twisted themselves up for that acronym. <laughs> LEDBAT. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually not a new technology. Most internet traffic, I shouldn't say most, but 10 to 15% of internet traffic in general have already been using that protocol for like the last decade or so. Right. It's a network protocol that is, is trying to destroy your WAN links as much as possible. That's the intention <laughs> of the protocol to use it as much as you possibly can. <laughs> but as soon as everything, anything else needs that traffic, that bandwidth, like you and me, we are having a Skype call. Right. It will back off. Right. And allow that traffic to happen. And when we hang up, it goes back and then start to pump software updates or applications or whatever out to the clients. Yeah. So it's about making the most use of your, your bandwidth because currently most organizations put in a threshold. They say, all right, 512 kilobits, that's it, out of the 2 megabit link. That's what you can use. Right. But what if the other 75% are available? Well, you can't use them because we might need to use them. Yeah. That's some pretty cool technology. It's it's still a little bit buggy. It's very new. It was available in the July release uh, for or July update for Server 2016. It's in 1709 and 1803 of server, of course, but they have some some things they need to figure out first. Right. But this is a very, very promising technology. 
Well, and I, and I do remember this like not crippling conference Wi-Fi's because all you know you'd have a fifteen hundred Win ten machine show up with a major patch coming in and and <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. When they see that gateway at one hundred percent, they are freaked out. It doesn't matter that it would back off; it's just terrifying. Yeah, Wi-Fi networks are different because of how the route through the access points, etc. Normal tricks you use to reduce the network impact simply doesn't work. Yeah. So it's a different thing. Yeah, and just this idea of we're only going to use the unused bandwidth. Maybe you've got to leave a little headroom just to make people feel like you're not actually just saturating me. Yeah. So when I see 100%, I'm, I'm thinking they actually want 300%, but I'm only giving them 100 Where if you were just sitting at 95 at least you'd know, that's lead bat. Yeah. <laughs> the sort of magic numbers that just sort of give you a hint that that's what's actually going on. Any other bits that you love in uh, 1806? I can probably spend a day yeah, um, I bet. talking about the features, but nah. Just the different uh, security features. They just seem to be getting smarter all around with this stuff. And of course, the cloud management is always the best of bits. The changes that are done on the platform for certificates is pretty, pretty amazing. Doesn't sound very exciting, but it is exciting. Well, anybody who's had to deploy certificates the old-fashioned way yeah. gets pretty excited with, can we make this better? Because it's so painful. There have been re- releases recently that I think are particularly cool. For example, they have a, it's a feature called CMPVO, where it allows you to do real-time queries to clients, pretty much like Tanium and other real-time services works, where you can give me all clients right now that have a biased version of this, or right. that are about to run out of disk space, or that are missing these particular updates, or that have this registry key, something. And you, you get answers within seconds back from, you know, tens of thousands of clients. That, that capability of doing queries that expands so fast yeah. through the config manifest channel, that's pretty amazing. That is amazing. I like that. Yeah. Well, we had map tools back in the day. Like there was ways to get that info, but it took hours and hours and hours. Yeah, and it was very different. It was basically clients reporting up, and then you query that information somewhere. Now you're actually querying in real time the actual client. There is no like database where all this is stored. It's it's real time generating. Right. So that's cool. To so just parallelizing across all those machines that so they're fetching their data simultaneously. Oh yeah, it goes fast. I didn't believe it the first time I saw it. Like this has to be something else, but nope, it actually did work. Just actually fetching it from the machine. Oh yeah. Then go change one machine request again and see if you can see the change that it exactly and it does it yeah that's that's cool that's wild well what's next for you man what are you working on like the dev connection coming up going to tech days in Sweden nice to be back in my old home country again tech days Sweden seems to be like the last of the tech days these most of them have gone away and uh, any new plural site videos on the way actually not we launched our own online training site too well, more or less compete with them. So uh, okay. I've been focusing most of my work on that one. Right. So that we find that at deploymentresearch.com? No, uh, simpler than that, online.trusec.com. Ah, online trusec. Yes. So that's where I do my main normal work, to, you know, that brings money to the table somehow. Deployment research is community only. Right. Trusec is the consultancy and the trainings and the commercial side of things. Right. So if you're taking advantage of deployment research, you can help us out by also supporting online TrueSec. Yes, sir. I love it. 
All right. Well, I'm going to be at Ignite, so I hope to see you there. Uh, you know, the same, the same. They sold it out this time. Twenty five thousand people. I'm terrified, really. No, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be nice. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Yeah. I just remember hiking between the different buildings repeatedly last year, and it's like the, that Western Conference Center was like in a different time zone. It was so far away. I think I lost like two pounds last yeah. Ignite. Just from walking back and forth. Somebody could make a fortune renting segways by the minute there. Oh, yeah. Or hoverboards, you know. Or hoverboards, yeah. Hoping they don't catch on fire. (laughs) I'll take the segway. You know, after you've done the third or fourth hike, you're just desperate to, like, do I have to do this again? Yeah. And, boy, you make cabbies angry if you get get in a cab on the western one and tell them to take you to the south one. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, don't do that. No, that, that's a no, 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 bueno. that's not good. No. <laughs> All right, Johan. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, appreciate your insights around these battles around updates and, and config management. It's, uh, it's always a good conversation. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And I'll uh, throw up a link to the online.trusec.com so you can get uh, some of the great training that Johan puts together. Nice. Thanks so much. Talk to you again. Yes, sir. Bye. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.